0: I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy Hump Day. He's Mark Levine. He and I co-host the second hour in the Inside Scoop edition of the Leslie Marshall Show every hour two every Hump Day. I am your host, as is he, Mark Levine. You know him. Sits in for me. First hour on Wednesdays and a former legislative counsel to Democratic Congressman Barney Frank and the House Judiciary, Homeland Security, and Financial Services Committees. Love him. He's in D.C. I'm in L.A. There are three men that the FBI... Have uh, found that attempted to join ISIS. Now, there are three, one of which was arrested today. These men allegedly failed an attempt to join ISIS in Syria. They allegedly discussed assassinating President Obama. And this was a complaint unsealed in uh, federal court in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, now, first of all, let, let, let's bring up to speed. Um, there are three men that attempted to join ISIS. Have there has there only been one arrest made now that we are talking at this moment, and if so, how come only one when there are three alleged to be doing the same thing? It would seem.
1: I hope you're not asking me this question because I don't know the answer. Um, I don't know the latest news.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, no, no worries. Uh, my my crew will get to that for us. But as a, <laughs> as a, uh, as an attorney. Yeah. The complaint is unsealed in federal court. Can you, can you talk to folks about, I mean, obviously we know the difference between sealed and unsealed, but, you know, how come something is sealed versus unsealed?
1: Sure. Well, usually it's sealed before the guy is caught because uh, if he's hard to catch, you know, if, if someone has a flight risk, if they might get on a plane and go to Syria or Turkey to get to Syria, you don't want them to know there's an indictment, so you seal it until the person is captured. Now, once they're captured, there's really no reason to keep it sealed. We don't believe in secret indictments. We don't believe in having secret trials. So once the person is captured under lock and key, they unseal it, let everybody know what the indictment is.
0: Okay, I do have the uh, updated uh, information here, uh, uh, and uh, my guys uh, uh, will be getting that in the future. Um, Here is the uh, deal. The FBI has now arrested three men. These three men have been arrested for allegedly plotting uh, to join ISIS in uh, Syria. The three men are from Brooklyn. Allegedly, they plotted to join the so-called Islamic State in Syria. Now, Mark, can you be – obviously you can. You can be arrested in the United States – um, whether you're Americans or not, and we'll talk about these uh, people uh, because the three of them are not American citizens, uh, one of which is a citizen of Kazakhstan, two of which are citizens of Uzbekistan, and the Department of Justice uh, did uh, release this information in uh, the press conference. They've been charged with conspiracy to provide material support to a foreign terrorist organization. So technically they're not being arrested for plotting to join a terrorist group. They're being arrested because they've been charged with conspiracy to provide material support. And, and I say that because can, technic- can an American or uh, somebody living in the United States, American, even if they're not an American, uh, be arrested simply for joining or wanting to, desiring to join a group like ISIS?
1: Well, you can be arrested for providing material support. You can't be arrested for advocating joining a group. You can't be arresti- arrested for advocating much of anything. But if you provide material support to a group that has basically declared war on America and is threatening to kill
0: the president? Sure. The uh, men are 24-year-old Abdurazol Hassanovich. That sounds Jewish, doesn't it? Uh, 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 not the first one, but Hasanovic, Juraboev Jurabov, uh, 24, Akrar Sayyidah Matav, 19. They had bought plane tickets to Istanbul. Now, this was uh, another thing that was quite interesting is that they, they weren't going directly to Syria um, or to Iraq, because obviously, um, e- you know, either they were going to be trained, you know, somewhere in Turkey. However, it could also just be that was a stop point, uh, a partial way or halfway point to get into Syria or Iraq without federal authorities, uh, you know, being alerted by their flight pattern. Correct?
1: I'm sure that's true. There are no direct flights to Damascus anymore. The the way to get to Syria is to go to the really quite western nation of turkey i've been to istanbul uh lots of americans go to istanbul every year it's a wonderful place to visit as tourists but of course turkey shares a land border with syria so once you're in turkey it's quite easy to just rent a car drive across the country and flip into syria so that is the easiest way to get there and the way most any europeans or americans get into syria
0: because the first names are easier pronounced for me i'm going to go by that the 19 year old akrar he was arrested this morning at jfk The third man, Abrar Habibov, 30, is accused of actually providing support uh, for that 19-year-old, so giving uh, him money, and I would imagine that you know that that is pretty much the kind of support. Now, according uh, to the criminal complaint, the three men were first noticed by law enforcement when they pledged their support for ISIS on internet forums. Uh, This is completely it's completely legal. Um, for them to pledge their support? It's completely legal, um, or or is it completely legal? Because uh, the Internet is not a regulated area, uh, at least not now. You can say whatever
1: you want, but when you say something like that, don't be surprised if they get a warrant for probable cause to watch you to see if you're going to commit criminal activity. Uh, You know, the, the speech itself is not a crime, but in declaring their allegiance... I guarantee you they put the authorities on notice to watch them carefully, and then they found they committed a crime, and, and, and they did. Um, or at the, least they're alleged to have, I mean, according to the FBI.
0: The, and the FBI uh, agents uh, have thwarted this plan uh, for these guys to allegedly uh, join ISIS in Syria. Um, you know, some people would say, you know, we'll see, Homeland Security wasn't a part of this when we talk about what's coming up Friday with regard to funding and DHS. But— The FBI needs help uh, trolling the trolls, if you will, Um, and especially trolls who want to pledge their support for or show support for ISIS. You need to have the CIA. You need to have the FBI. You need to have Homeland Security. You need to have as many boots on the ground, if you will, on that Internet following what people like this are doing and planning so that you can thwart such activity and, God forbid, future attacks.
1: Certainly, and actually, I'm glad I spent the first hour talking about where ISIS gets its support because you see, this is—they're you know, 19-year-olds; these are very young men. Uh, they, I'm sure, have an unfocused anger against the West, against the United States, uh, and uh, ISIS is the way to 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 be that focus. But, but I think one of the things we, we we're trying to understand is that these people are not people aren't born to join ISIS. Uh, they're joining it usually because they're unhappy with some other aspect of their lives. And they want to get their anger out uh, in that way.
0: Um, they uh, Basically, also, there was allegedly an offer to kill the president of the United States if ordered. This is an example of ISIS trying to use people to do their dirty work or dirty desires. Um, allegedly, one expressed his intent to buy a machine gun and shoot police officers and FBI agents if thwarted in his plan to join ISIS in Syria. Well, his plan has been thwarted. Uh, But offering to kill the President of the United States, that is a crime alone, regardless of the First Amendment, even with the Internet, correct?
1: Absolutely. It's a very serious crime. But it's a serious crime in every state to threaten to kill someone. But when I say that you have free speech, uh, free speech has always had its limitations. If you make a plot to kill someone, you may have just spoken it. But uh, interestingly, actually, um, the conspiracy theory, you can't just speak of it. You have to take some action in furtherance of that plot. Uh, So... Mere words is not enough, but certainly a plot to kill the president, a plot to kill anyone, is a crime, and a plot to kill the president is a quite serious federal crime.
0: And, you know, this is where, you know, we're at. Counterterrorism officials in Europe and the United States, their big focus right now is trying to thwart the attempts of people to go to Syria, because once these folks have met with ISIS and gone to Syria and Iraq, uh, it's much harder to... Uh, De brainwash or decondition somebody who's become radicalized, as opposed to thwart the attempt at such radicalization, uh, which um, you know has been done here. Um, the, the United States believes right now that at least 140 passport holders are thought to have gone to Syria and Iraq since that civil war began in 2011. Um, obviously, the more people radicalize, the bigger ISIS becomes, the bigger a threat to the United States, the bigger a threat to uh, our allies. Um, so, like U.S. Attorney Loretta Lynch. Uh, said, and she's been nominated to serve as the uh, country's next attorney general. Uh, she said, quote, We will vigorously prosecute those who attempt to travel to Syria to wage violent jihad on behalf of ISIL, and those who support them, anyone who threatens our citizens and our allies here abroad, will face the full force of American justice. Um, now, I mean, because...
1: They're, they're, I was gonna say, they're not just radicalized in Syria. They're also taught quite, you know, weapons training. They're taught how to murder, how to kill as many people as possible. They're, they're taught explosives training and how to... to make explosives and have them avoid detection. So it's not just that they're radicalized in terms of some wicked ideology. They're also given practical training in how to kill people. Uh,
0: in, in these situations, because you're in D.C., you've worked with the federal government, and as a, an attorney you've had obviously some uh, tanglings uh, with uh, the law, not in a bad way but in a prosecutorial or defense way. Uh, do, do Is it like boxing where there's a jab to the right, and then they go, okay, i got to work on my moves here. I say that because ISIS has been huge uh, with using the media, social networking, uh, Al-Shabaab. Al-Shabaab has uh, asked for people in the United States to blow up uh, Americans in malls, hurt Americans in malls, kill Americans in malls, is specifically asking for the largest mall in America, the uh, mall of the Americas in uh, Minnesota. Uh, in other words, you know, now that we're in a sense the counterterrorism units in the FBI, probably CIA and Homeland Security, Um, are working heavily online to stop these people from joining ISIS and, you know, becoming radicalized and trained, as you said, with weaponry, uh, etc. Do you think that ISIS will now change its uh, M.O.?
1: No, I think their M.O. has been quite successful for them. I think they have quite a sophisticated propaganda effort. You know, I think in hindsight we look back on the communists or the Nazis and we think, well, who could believe in such ridiculous ideology? But we forget that the Nazis, the communists, or any other mass movement that led to great murder uh, had great propaganda. I mean, the Nazis certainly did. The communists certainly did. People rising up, defending their country, defending their religion, defending their homeland, defending their people. And uh, the ISIS propaganda has been very successful for them. I'm sure they'll keep at it.
0: Uh, somebody uh, said – got to take a break. Uh, but somebody said here on Twitter, why arrest them, let them go, then revoke their passports, let ISIS feed and clothe them, not U.S. prisons? Uh, I'd rather have them in a U.S. prison than with ISIS being trained how to kill. <laughs> we got to reduce ISIS's numbers, and cutting off the flow of those desiring to join them and rat- being radicalized is – one of the ways to do it. We are back. on Leslie Marshall. He's Mark Levine. Happy Hump Day, Hour 2, Mark, and I co-host together. Uh, Mark, you with me, Hour 3? Are we double dating? <laughs> uh, we are. Awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. We're talking about the FBI, three men that have attempted to join ISIS and have been arrested. Uh, let's take some calls and share some tweets. 8886 Leslie's the number. Reggie in Georgia, Line 4. Reggie, good afternoon.
2: How you doing, Leslie and Mark?
0: Good. Hey, Reggie.
2: Okay. How you guys doing? Okay. Happy Hump Day, by the way. Uh, well, the best way to, do, to come back and eventually defeat ISIS is, is well, don't give them any att- attention at all in the first place to begin with, media or otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Don't well, I,
0: I, you know what? If you're saying just ignore them and they'll go away, I don't agree. Mark?
1: But don't well, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's a little more complex than that. I, 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 I agree that you don't ignore them. If you ignore them, they won't go away. But at the same time, I do wonder whether... Publicizing all of their evil is a good thing. In other words, I don't think we can do anything legally. I think this is up to the media to show responsibility. I certainly wouldn't censor or ban anything. It's against the First Amendment. But I think I would advocate that the media not show, and most of them haven't, not show some of the gruesome videos and not necessarily publicize all of the things that they threaten to do. I don't know that it's news. Um, It's a tough. It's a tough really hard line. It's a hard line because you do want them to provide news. At the same time, when our, the dictator of Syria, Assad, murders 100,000 people, they don't talk about that very often. So when when uh, ISIS beheads 20, why is that bigger news that when Assad kills, kills more? So I, I do think it helps them somewhat to publicize their actions, I, Again, I wouldn't ban it, but it does concern
0: me. Uh, no, I do agree with it. Interesting you said that, Mark, because now, you know, first I think, what do you mean, you know, you. Uh, part of me has said, though, I, I have said before that if we didn't highlight the beheadings, they would slow down or stop because part of the reason they do it is for the attention, is for the power. Absolutely. Is for the publicity and the international acclaim. Okay, uh, Reggie, anything else?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, what I was saying is that all I'm saying is that we don't want them to we don't want to make them to be become martyrs or as perfect prime examples of inspiration of other people doing this kind of thing. And as you said before, uh, uh, threatening the president or anybody else is considered wrong and illegal. It'd be like a, a radio or TV talk show inciting riots, threats, and violence over the airwaves. You, like you, when you know that's wrong and illegal, you could be arrested for that or charged with that, right? Or you know. That's wrong and just that's just wrong and illegal. And I don't want I don't want these people to become martyrs or become the perfect prime examples or, or inspirations of other people, other future terrorists doing the exact same thing. And that's exactly why I said that we shouldn't give these people any attention at all whatsoever. Whether okay. it's or otherwise.
0: Okay. Thank you, Reggie. Appreciate the call. When we come back, Mark and I will continue to talk about this and other issues here on the only true democracy in talk radio. It's hump day with my co host, Mark Levine. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Levine. Talk. Follow me at Leslie Marshall. We are back. Happy hump day. Hour two. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Mark Levine. I'm in L.A. He's in D.C. And we want you to know that Geico has been saving people money for over 75 years. Uh, Mark, uh, thank you for holding uh, welcome back, and thank you uh, to uh, Reggie there. If you want to join us, 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Levine Talk. Follow me, at Leslie Marshall, and we'll incorporate your tweets throughout the hour. Um, should we move on sure. to. Okay. There's a remote Alaskan village. Now, I can't make this up. That needs to be relocated due to climate change. Before we talk about this tiny and isolated town of only 400 people that now cannot be reached by road, it lies on a fragile barrier island along uh, the Chukchi Sea that's about 85 miles above the Arctic Circle. For generations, the Inupiat people of that region hunted gigantic bowhead whales from camps atop the sea ice that stretched out from the town's icy shores and over recent years the ice has thinned so much it's become too dangerous to hunt the whales now people may not like calling this climate change but clear, clearly something has shifted clearly something has changed and something clearly has changed with regard to the climate so much so that you have a village of 400 people, an isolated town that has to be relocated because of this and and, and, and they can't survive because of this and, and let me add one more thing I can't remember the name of the town. I was watching a special, I was channel surfing, just caught my eye. There was a place in Canada that had um that had like no industry whatsoever, okay, because of uh, frozen ice, you know, and it was a port town. There were multimillionaire corporations that wanted to buy this town. It was like why do you think people want to buy this town? What do you think's going on there now, Mark? The ice, ice melt they want
1: oil
0: there well the ice is melted and it's and it's and it's a thriving seaport then it wasn't that way and this melting of the ice is one of the reasons the polar bears have a problem finding homes now these are people having a problem finding homes you know this is just another example where this is science mark why do you think some people have have such a hard time with this even some people that aren't aren't political why do they feel that? science and god if you will a religion faith can't coexist because i think that's part of the problem with those who are extremely conservative especially the christian conservatives on the right you know i don't know
2: if
1: opposing or not believing in climate change is a Christian evangelical thing. Uh, I would argue most of the people who oppose it, uh, the people who really oppose it are are the Koch brothers and others who profit from the carbon-creating technologies, like coal, for example, that cause so much damage to our environment, cause global warming, and cause the ice to melt. And then they use billions of dollars to put ads on TV to suggest that, that climate change isn't real. And if you are someone who believes all the conservative things you see on TV, maybe because you are a Christian evangelical for other reasons, but then you might follow along with it. But uh, I know many Christian evangelicals who are environmentalists, and who very much uh, want to fight climate change. So I, I don't understand why there'd be a religious component to it. I think it's much more of an economic thing. If you support oil companies making profits at the expense of ordinary people, then you're going to not want to believe in climate change because that narrative hurts
0: the business of the polluters. I have to say, though, on radio as a talk host, people that I've seen and heard on television and you know, people that have uh, written me emails or tweeted, I'm not, you know, uh, oh yes, one or two, a handful, not... Not the majority mention the economy, mention economics. Um, they, they think it's just something that, you know, Al Gore made up. You know, why, Why you know, I guess Al Gore had nothing better to do with his time. Um, but I, I do think that there is this idea, this mentality, uh, that this is something that liberals made up, much like, you know, parents made up Santa. You know,
1: I, I, I don't know. Um, I think, again, if, if, look, the conservative tent has a wide variety of people, just like the liberal tent includes teachers and unions and environmentalists and people who believe in civil rights for women and gay people and blacks and, and support immigrant rights and are pro-choice. That, that's sort of our tent. Their intent includes a, a, a mixture of people. It includes uh, certain Christian evangelicals. It includes businessmen who uh, pollute. It includes people who want to destroy unions. It, it's a weird mixture, I must admit, between the Wall Street conservative billionaires and the you know evangelicals. But that's their that's their tent, and I think that um, you find people who. Sort of take it all hook, line, and sinker. I'm not a favor of taking anything hook, line, and sinker. That includes, by the way, liberal philosophies. Uh, if you you know, let's we can go through each one. And uh, you know, I'm more than willing to criticize President Obama when I think he's wrong. But there are people who just say, well, I have to believe in everything conservative, everything liberal. And part of conservative ideology is being opposed to stopping climate change because it hurts the very polluters who fund a lot of Republican campaigns.
0: Uh, no question about it. No, no question about it. Um, there are people, Joseph Swan Sr., who was an elder um, in that community, it was at a town meeting, he said, quote, global warming has co- caused us so much problems. Uh, he said that the ice does not freeze like it used to. It used to be 10 to 8 feet or 8 to 10 feet thick, uh, way out in the ocean. And so uh, this question isn't just faced by the town but the entire state of Alaska, and the question is whether or not these people are moved to a safer location uh, nearby, which would either be inland or further down the coast. Also, the cost. Speaking of economics, it would cost upwards of a hundred million dollars to do that. You know, who pays that? And this, is, and this is not there. just one vi- village. This is, uh, this is an issue, a dilemma that is facing a handful of other native Alaskan villages. And obviously, Republicans and right-wing media outlets don't want us to know about this.
1: See, there, there's a whole, whole countries, Pacific Islands, that are very low-lying. Vanuatu is an example of an atoll that may cease to exist. Because the oceans are rising, and uh, that that country, unless they build some some dikes quickly, may cease to exist. And certainly, there's Florida communities and other low-lying communities. I think of New Orleans uh, that are much more likely to be deluged. Uh, but when I think about Kivalina, this little town in Alaska, you know, the the people there we might we might call them Eskimos, uh, they're um, Inupiat, but uh, they've been there for thousands of years. They've been there long before the white man came to America. This is their native land. This is their home. They've been practicing this way of life for tens of thousands of years. And now we are taking it away from them. These are American citizens. This isn't some remote island in the Pacific. These are American citizens who are losing their native Americans, who are losing their natural way of life for tens of thousands of years. And, um, you know, some people, I guess, just don't care.
0: You know, uh, uh, Jay talks about um, you know people having skewed views on climate change, and he he alleges that some of the conservative outlets like that I work at, um, you know, in in a sense are, are teaching this. Do you think that there's just so much misinformation out there about climate change? The misinformers are are louder than those who have the scientific facts.
1: Well, absolutely. They're, mis- te- <laughs> Absolutely they're teaching this. I remember Eric Bowling. I, I remember one of my first times on, on Fox Business Channel. Uh, Eric Bowling invited me on, uh, and uh, it was snowing. It was February. And he asked me on there, and of, and of course he stuck Al Gore's book, I Didn't Give Me a Truth, in the Snow, and made a little joke out of it. Good laugh, laugh, laugh. And made the argument that if global warming occurs, it can't snow. To which point I responded to him, some basic meteorological facts which is that it actually snows more at 20, 25 degrees than it does at 0 or 5 degrees Fahrenheit, because as it warms up, there's more moisture in the air, and so the snows get harder. And so actually, it snows very little in Antarctica, where it's, you know, minus 10 degrees or whatever it is, or minus 30 or 40 degrees. Uh, But that scientific fact was so inconvenient to to Eric Bowling that he just, you know, he liked to put the book in the snow, and that was a great visual for him. And who knows who won the argument? I had the facts, but... He had the emotion, I
0: guess. Okay, but let's talk about um, facts that can tug on emotional heartstrings. Uh, this is Alaska, not a very largely populated state, not a state other than people like perhaps Sarah Palin or people that are li- are living there, have been working there, have worked there, or from there know a lot about. Uh, we, you know, how how much more of this will it take? Do you think for some naysayers to say, you know, there's something to this climate change thing?
1: Well, it's going to hit Florida soon, uh, and Florida is unlike Alaska, a very and, high and how will it hit, How will it hit
0: Florida? How will it hit Florida? And I say well, that because we know Florida is, Florida's is like wa- the- much warmer
1: it's the lowest lying state in the United States and as the ocean rises all that waterfront property which is quite expensive in Florida is going to start increasingly the oceans going to encroach on that and um you know i don't i think it's both democrats and republicans that have beachfront property in Florida and then i think people may wake up they may not care about the remote eskimo native americans but uh, hey once their beach the beachfront property in Florida gets hit, and they may start to notice. Of course, by then
0: well, it'll be couple, too
1: late to do something.
0: A, a couple of things, though. People, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate here. People will say, "Well, Florida's had you know problems with water with hurricanes for years." I mean, there's a hurricane season in which you know people sometimes on the Florida or the southeastern uh, coast of the United States. Uh, you know, have you know, the, the hurricane does great damage, and you know, causes uh, destruction of homes and entire uh, neighborhoods and communities. So, some people might say, "Oh, that's nothing new. It's not climate change. This has been going on for years." Well, first of
1: all, the hurricanes are getting worse. But you know what? It's not even I agree. about the hurricanes. It's not even about the hurricanes. It's about the sheer water level. I give you an example in Norfolk, Virginia, the Navy. Has already had to raise their piers uh, about fifteen feet because they're aware that the oceans are rising and uh, they're going to be overrun. Their military base uh, right there on, on the coast of Virginia. So anyone that's not planning for this really has their head in the sand. Um,
0: when you talk about this is happening, Florida's next. What what kind of um, time frame. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I'm saying, you know, what do what a scientists predict?
1: I, I think within a couple of decades, it will be very noticeable in Florida. So I in most it's, in it's most of Florida. our
0: life in most of our lifetime. Yes, well, yeah, most I of us listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it gets severe. It gets more severe over time. The way this thing works is it, it kind of grows geometrically. In other words, it might be you know half an inch one year, an inch the next year, two inches the next year, and four inches the next year. Because what happens is as the Arctic ice melts and doesn't reform into an ice pack, then the Arctic ice – you know, you know, like if you have a chunk of ice. It can take a while to melt, but if you break that ice into several small pieces of ice and you have it in water, that ice melts a lot more quickly. Same is true at a large scale with, with the Arctic ice. Uh, once you have the ice actually melt and float and then reform into ice, it's not as strong and it doesn't last as long. It's more likely to to, to remelt, and it can never get as, as frozen as it was before. So it, this thing, it starts off small, but it can grow pretty quickly.
0: Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about other issues here on the only True Democracy in talk radio of four and by you, the people. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-653-7543. Mark Levine and I co-host our two here on the only True Democracy in talk radio. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Levine Talk. Check out his website, MarkLevineTalk.com. And for me, at Leslie Marshall, to follow me, you can go to our website, LeslieMarshallShow.com. We are back. He's Mark Levine in Washington D.C. I'm Leslie Marshall in Los Angeles, California, and this is the only true democracy in talk radio of four and by you. Let's get to your calls. eight 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 six Leslie. Before Mark and I move on to any other topics, uh, some folks want to weigh in on Twitter and uh, on our website. I mean, excuse me, on our phones. eight uh, eight eight six Leslie about climate change. John in Ferndale is one such person on line four. John, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us and welcome. Good afternoon.
3: Hi Leslie. Hi hi Mark. Uh, Hello there. I'm uh, up a little north on uh, on the west coast, and, yeah, all this warm air is just rushing up to Alaska, and the cold air is coming down, and it's, uh, it's just scary. Like, uh, to, I'm an hour behind, forgive me, but uh, I think this sort of ties in. Like, it seems to me that people who, who are in the oil business, and I think primarily the Saudis, but, but also the American oil industry, they know that climate change is is aggravated and exacerbated by burning oil and they they just don't care it's like saudi arabia you know wait 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 wait, wait, wait.
0: let's at least be factual saudi arabia only supplies the united states with between seven and eight percent of our oil they actually supply oil to a lot of the rest of the world so i mean even if saudi arabia weren't in the game we still have a huge problem with regard to climate change and with carbon emissions
3: but it's going to take a world solution, and if we don't burn Saudi oil, somebody else will. They'll, 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 no, that's
0: true. No, that is true. That, that contributes that is to the true. world problem. Right, exactly, and, which comes yeah. down to the problem, which is the dependency that we have on this.
3: And it, it sort of ties in with, with the Saudis, like, you know, a, a side effect of their exporting this Wahhabist stuff and them sponsoring ISIS is what does it take to, to fight it takes? Fuel, logistics, fuel to get the the troops over there, whether you fly them over or ship them over. Fuel to get the the, the, the tanks and the weapons over the people who need them to, you know, defend themselves from. My, it's like.
0: They, yeah, but it you know, also ta- it also again, you have an issue. You, d- you clearly have an issue with the Saudis and, and a lack of knowledge about what they're doing. It also takes money. Uh, the Saudis are not only uh, using money to help other countries like Jordan, as an example, uh, pay for that weaponry and those in those planes. Um, but the, the, the Saudis are alongside and are part of this coalition fighting ISIS. So I don't see where you say they're funding ISIS. There are people well, in the United States. There are people in many countries that are writing checks to ISIS. But, you is, know, are, are you, you saying well that you're saying the Saudi uh, royal family is?
1: Well,. Uh Mark, I, I don't know if you can speak to this, but... but yeah, you know, I actually... I, I'm, I, I kind of agree with both of you. So here, here's here's the deal. The Saudis, for a long period of time, uh, up until very recently, did support these uh, Wahhabist uh, schools, uh, these madrasas all throughout the Arab world, uh, that taught a very extreme version of Islam, a very... Yeah,
0: it's a perverted version of Islam. Any mainstream Muslim does not, yeah. exactly. Wahhabism exactly. is absolutely but, ridiculous. come from the Saudis. Correct. Saudi Arabia is the only country in the world that actually, as a nation, practices uh, and rules by Wahhabism.
1: That's exactly right. It's not even
0: called. By the way, it's not even called Islam. It's called Wahhabism.
1: Right, and 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 it's 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 particularly harmful to women. It's it's the ones that don't. Just to give you an example of how crazy
0: it is, women have to walk a certain amount of steps because I joke around. My husband walks so fast that he's being a hobby. Uh, A a (laughs) certain amount of uh, feet behind their husband. Women are not allowed to drive. Women allowed not to uh, hold jobs or to vote. And as a matter of fact, in Saudi Arabia, women are in the back of the car. And if you have a goat, you can put the goat in the front of the car. That's how high on the food chain we are, ladies in Saudi Arabia.
1: That's exactly right. But the caller has a point that for many many years. Saudi Arabia, in order to protect its own dictatorship, it's a monarchy, it's a dictatorship, and it, it it would largely take the radicals in Saudi Arabia and push them out and teach Wahhabism outside of Saudi Arabia, uh, it, thinking that it would sort of never come to hurt the kingdom. Now it, there's blowback, and Saudi Arabia is finding that these very radical teachings has inspired a new generation of terrorists. And uh, now it is true, Leslie's right, that today Saudi Arabia is fighting ISIS, helping Jordan. That's true. So, but, so you're both right. Uh, the caller's right that, that Saudi Arabia's ideas and money largely got this started, but they do recognize, at least today, that they made a mistake and they are fighting it now. And,
0: and you also have to look at, I mean, with Saudi Arabia, you can, since you said Jordan, let's look at Jordan as an example. You have a very moderate Muslim, Western-educated man who heads that country, King Abdullah. Um, who uh, is the son of uh, much-loved and married an American, uh, the uh, late King Hussein. Um, the, the, the situation in Jordan is this. Even though he's a king and he's moderate, you have a lot of tribes within the country of Jordan, and that's the same way in Saudi Arabia, Bedouins. And these tribal people have very, very old and disgusting practices, honor killings as an example. And King Abdullah has tried, but he, he can't get rid of that. On his own. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like the tribal people have their way, the moderate people have their way. And and the same is in Saudi Arabia, because you have the honestly, generations are going to help with this because uh, the youth of many of these countries are more moderate. I know a lot of people say, well, a lot of the people in ISIS are, are, are young. Um, but in, you know, again, Saudi Arabia is a very different situation because you have a royal family that knows when the oil runs out, they're screwed, and they're nothing but Bedouins themselves again, um, who have just so much wealth and therefore so much power over its people that a lot of these people uh, don't attempt to think for themselves. Mm. You know, we don't understand yeah. that. We're free, you know, we, we have choices. A lot of well, these no, countries the people don't have choices.
1: That. I mean – it's it's their tradition. It's their culture. There's certainly, misogyny and slavery. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen in America that were our culture and tradition, and and we changed. And I think I that,
0: don't think we've changed all that much. We still have slavery in America. It's just not front page news. Well,
1: it's it's not as bad as it was.
0: Put it Correct. Correct. No question.
1: Yeah,
3: um, Leslie. Uh, before I go, I don't know how much time you have, but uh, there was a story out of Saudi Arabia. There was they beheaded somebody who who had, uh, 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 he burned the Koran or or tore it up or something, hit it with a shoe. And uh, then, uh, uh, but a few days ago, there was a story of a guy who was critical in a YouTube video of the royal family of Saudi Arabia, and they gave him a a sentence of a thousand lashes, unfortunately. Yeah, but I, I,
0: I agree that's crazy. I agree that's absolutely crazy. You know, there are some countries that look at us and say we're crazy because you're arrested if you threaten the president of the United States in their life. I I mean, everybody has their rules. I think it's awful. I, I, I think it's awful. But that's part of their rules, not the world's rules.